Welcome back, you beautiful beings. This is the Admin Flow Podcast with yours truly, Stephen Jaggers. On this week's episode, uh, I had a great conversation with a beautiful brother of mine. His name is Sam Samadhi. He is a movement master, conscious hip-hop artist. A, he's been a dedicated yogi in his life. So much wisdom, so much integration between all of those, and I think you will really enjoy our conversation. So check it out. Hit us up on the uh, social media. Let me know if you guys have any questions from anything in the show, and or if you want to see anybody on the show or any specific topics that you want to hear about, let me know. Much love. Enjoy. Did you know a rhino beetle is the strongest animal in the world, pound for pound? I've, I've heard that. Cause they, like, lift each other and stuff and, like, flip, like, when they're battling or whatever. If a human had the strength of a rhino beetle, it could lift 62 tons. Oh, my God. That's insane. <laughs> Absolutely insane. <laughs> that's nuts. But, yeah. It's, like, so... 30 cars. I don't even know. 30 cards. Can you imagine? <laughs> like, even for you, I'm not, I bet, like, you walk into a room and you're just like, okay, I'm probably the strongest person in the room. Or maybe the most know. physically talented, like, physically, like, how, okay. I'm not that strong, actually. Strength doesn't come very naturally to me. I feel like I have to work really hard to yeah. get strong, actually. Okay. So. F- physically adept? Or, like, what would <laughs> no. you... Uh, talented physically I don't know I guess I just um, I guess it depends on the goal too but yeah I guess I just live in my body I just you know try to you know practice and live my life in a way where I'm inhabiting myself so you know I feel like whatever modality I'm practicing at any given time doesn't really matter it's just it's a practice to help me get in my body and to understand more about what it means to be a physical being, you know? Yeah. And how that ties into, you know, like the psycho emotional aspects of being a human and all that, you know, which I'm sure you dive deeply into with body work and totally, you know, working how, how they, how they interweave together, you know, they're all just so interwoven but I think the way to it is through, obviously to it is through the body. Yeah. You know? And, and like having, you know, whatever sort of movement practice or yoga or whatever it is, like, it's like, this is a practice of getting back into your body. Totally. And like, you definitely are one of the most embodied people that I know. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, I'm just going to go out and say that. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, I definitely haven't always been. I feel like when I was younger, I was um, lacking a lot of confidence in myself in terms of just feeling like I know who I was and, you know, feeling comfortable in my in my body. Um, And I wish that at a certain point when I was younger, someone would have just showed me some practice to do like yoga or meditation or something to just like get me in touch with that. Um, like I was saying earlier about, you know, how like eating is like one of the most intimate acts, but I feel like just living on a daily basis, if you're really doing that is super intimate because you're spending so much time with yourself and Mm. it's so easy to find distractions to like pull you away from, actually feeling deeply and being with whatever processes are arising and not really being too concerned with labeling them as like good or bad, you know, Mm. and how it's, there should be a wide range of human experience and there is, but we just fixate on like one side of it, which is that this unrealistic standard of always needing to be happy all the time. Yeah. And how if we're not, then we're failing somehow in life. When in reality, like that would, that would be like saying, um, like I only like, you know, a certain color. Like I only want to see everything in black and white. Or I only like a certain note. 
Yeah, I only want to hear one note all all the time. <laughs> it's like there's there's a reason why like major and minor chords sound good in combination mm. with each other. It's the you contrast. Know? Yeah, it's, it's the, like we're here to experience the full spectrum. Yeah. Of this like human experience. Totally. And so for me, whatever modalities or practices I assume at any given point in my life, their main purpose is, is just that is facilitating that process of just diving deeply into the human experience and what that means and how that's actually not separate from, uh, the universal happening, you know, the universal experience of everything happening inside of time and space and also transcending time and space like non-duality um but the unity inside of that and so i feel like um yoga was kind of my first real introduction even to this point um i've been practicing yoga a little bit more lately um just kind of for like 15 20 minutes in the morning and I just notice what happens to my consciousness. It's very different from, you know, strength training. Yeah. And, and I learn a lot through strength training and I'm able to approach it in a different way because of my experience, I think, with yoga. And so I can kind of treat it as a self-inquiry practice. But at the same time, just yoga is inherently, when done in a certain way, obviously, just inherently promotes like looking inward i think Mm. it facilitates that it's the art of connection connecting with self i mean that's what that means right yoga is union union yeah and to me it's like first off you're you're unifying with yourself and your experience instead of running away from it yeah so you're you're like setting the intention to sit down and say this time is just for me to be with myself and to feel and experience whatever is going on inside of me not to try to distract and turn away from mm-hmm. that and which do, most of us are doing all of the time without yeah. realizing it i mean every like i do that all the time i mean know? distractions are are great but like obviously there we have so many distractions and you know there are beautiful distractions like playing music or whatever that is, but it's like spending that essential time with yourself allows you to then be present with the other. Totally. Or like be present within your life because then you, you have an anchoring piece within yourself. You know what your, you know, your, your singular, your singularity or yourself or like your own place. And then you can meet, whatever experience happens in the world, you can meet the world from that place. Exactly. And I think that, um, like everything has the potential to be either a distraction or something that can provide insight. So it's not Mm -hmm. like certain things are inherently bad. You can make everything a yoga. You could, (laughs) if you were skilled enough. That's the Zen master. (laughs) Like, you know, I go back and forth with like social media a lot and like, you know, is this really worth my time? Like, do I want to be doing this? And at the end of the day, it comes down to my level of maturity and ability to use it as a tool to basically um, provide something of value to others. You know, and if I treat it like that, then it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. If, If I'm just reaching for it because I don't want to sit and just, you know, be with whatever I'm feeling and experiencing, then to me, that's more of a distraction. So really anything could become a distraction. Like a yoga practice could become a distraction. You could be covering up what you're feeling saying, I don't want to experience this. I'm going to do my practice because this is an unideal state and I need to get through this. Mm -hmm. I'm guilty of that all the time. Like, you know, I'll feel like I was feeling pretty depressed, um, for a few months. And I think it just has to do with the time of year in reality. Yeah. Um, cause I take good care we of go myself through our seasons. Yeah. Yeah. And I have good nutrition and everything, but it's just like, you know, you're spending less time in the sun and mm. you know, it's just like inherently 
the winter is like the hardest part. And when we were living outside, you know, our ancestors were living outside. It's like, there's always the chance that you wouldn't make it through the winter if you didn't like, Mm. you know, practice, you know, harvesting enough food or, you know, having enough firewood or whatever. Yeah. Winter's a hard time. I feel like it is, and I'm so ready for spring. And summer. Me too. <laughs> I've, been, I've been feeling it too, man. I've been like just going in, and I'm like, okay, I'm ready for the. I'm ready to go play. Totally. <laughs> yeah, and I'll just, especially the younger me, whenever I would experience quote unquote negative emotions, I always just thought that that was a sign of failure, and that I was stagnant, mm-hmm. and that I needed to do something to like push through that. Mm-hmm. And like get out of that as quickly as possible. Because to me, like the high notes or the bliss or the happiness are like associated with success, you know? That's so true. And instead of just not seeing it that way, it's like, no, you're not failing. It's just, it's just another part of experience. And there's actually tremendous value in those experiences. And I think that... Um, there's gems in there if you know where to look so for them. Gems. But I think that we have a tendency just as human beings to um, like we have this skill and it's more of a habit than a skill, but it's become a skill, I think, through just the way that our society is and what's like valued um, and what people want to see to like kind of collect all of our negative emotions into a bunch and then like ostracize them from our awareness put them in the corner yeah and just bury them somehow Mm. and just be like yeah that's not happening or you know doesn't look good on social media yeah (laughs) exactly like i don't want to see people i don't i don't want people to see me in that whereas like i'm just like you know, at this point, I'm just like, I, like, if you, if you're not comfortable seeing me in all different aspects, then like, I don't really want to hang out with you. Cause I know that you go through that too. And you're just not showing that to people. You just want to show them what looks good. Exactly. And, and like, we need to, I think, be more accepting and understanding and supportive of one another going through all of the different facets of, human experience and not like judge or say, Oh, this person is stagnant or stuck and I'm over here and I never experienced these quote unquote negative emotions, but that we're there for each other and we can talk and communicate through those, uh, experiences and, and come out with a deeper understanding of that Yeah, because you know, well, they need to be moved through the body. Or right they need to be moved through the psyche or the body or whatever. They need to be expressed in some sort of way, you know? Exactly. If they do. If we don't express, then we suppress. Totally. If we suppress, we become depressed. And then it like starts to calcify and, 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 you know, manifest as some sort of physical issue. Totally. The body. So it's like how, yeah, I mean, that's the question. I was like, how do we support each other in that? Like just through loving awareness and non-judgment of understanding that everyone's going through their own season cycle. Well, I feel like that's part of it, but I feel like it's also something that isn't typically present in modern culture, which is um, a feeling of tribe, which is so deeply rooted in the human experience. And I don't mean that in like the, you know, like new age, like pseudo spiritual idea of like my tribe or whatever. Like I mean it in actuality, like our ancestors lived in tribes and you were so deeply connected with everyone in, in that tribe that you would die for that person. Yeah. Tribe meant survival. Exactly. And, and like you're a family, you're like a big family and, and that's very rare nowadays. And, and I think that that really facilitates you know, like, like, I feel like in the modern culture, we're so prideful that we think that we just need to go through everything by ourselves. And oh, if we show so any sign of like weakness, yeah, anything, you know? it, that like I need help. It's like, yeah. like, Oh, you're like, you're, you're weak or like, you can't make it. It's like the capitalist 
you know, mindset is like every man for themselves. And like, if you can beat down someone to like get to a higher position, then you'll do that. I think that's really poisoned, um, you know, ourselves against each other and even to ourselves because we're competing with ourselves. you know, instead of finding ways or like asking the question like, well, how, how can my lifestyle like support me and also like, you know, benefit others instead of like, well, how can I get the most gain? Like, what can I get out of this? Like that's such a capitalist mentality. And I feel like it's, it's ingrained in, in like, in our, in our mentality and maybe to some superficial extent, like our DNA at this point, because, you know, um, I've, I've never experienced living in the wild. Like I know that that's in my, in my DNA as well. Cause my ancestors came from there, but like my, my more immediate ancestry is like, you know, <laughs> industrial revolution and agriculture and like conquering yeah. and, you know, raping and pillaging and all that stuff. So it's like, how, how can we, how can we like move through that and, you know, not walk around unconsciously embodying that and then expressing that, you know, I see that all the time. It's like people don't even know why they're doing something. And for me, that's the value of uh, a self inquiry practice. And really that can look like anything for me. I'm more self inquiry practice. I love that. Yeah. And, um, and like anything can be that, like playing a musical instrument can be that like going for walks out in nature. Like for me, I'm inclined physically to explore and express myself. And so that becomes a self inquiry practice for me. Yeah. Um, just a time to, yeah, minimize distractions and just feel And like what you were saying, like we need to figure out a way to have that move through the body Mm -hmm. and not suppress, you know, like we have so much tension, like in our solar plexus and stuff because we're suppressing. We don't want to, you know, we don't want that to come up. And there's a reason for that because in our society, it's unacceptable to express yourselves in certain way. Like if you're a grown man crying in public, like that's not really acceptable. Um, and, and, and that goes back to the idea of like the tribal setting where everyone like it's non judgment and like whatever you need to go through, you'll be supported. Yeah. And And they'll be there to go through it with you. Exactly. I mean, like the tradition of like, um, peyote ceremonies, for example, in the native American church, uh, usually the ceremonies were held for just one person. So everyone in the ceremony is, is, you know, imbibing in the medicine, but, but they're all with the intention of like helping this person who's like going through a particular time. So everyone's praying for them and singing for them. And it's like, imagine the feeling of that. Yeah. It's just amazing. Like if you actually needed help and you were going through that hard time and you're just like in that experience and supported. Yeah. And, um, I like, I, I crave that, you know, and instead we, we, all do. we end up being like, oh, I need to be self-sufficient. I need to get through this mm-hmm. on my own. And, and you become afraid to ask for help and you can't express and you feel like shame around. Yeah. I'm not feeling good. Or I'm depressed. Like you, that shouldn't be shame. That shouldn't be, you shouldn't be ashamed of that. It's just, but it, we're ashamed because we don't want to be judged and, and we're not sure how we're going to be received in a situation. Like if you went to your boss, like, man, I've just been feeling so depressed. Like they may or may not give a shit, you know? And so like, you have to choose who you open up to, unfortunately. Like, are you hitting your quota or what? (laughs) Yeah, totally. (laughs) So, well, there's one thing that's like for sure that I feel deep inside is that we are communal beings. Like I think the purpose, a big purpose of our life is to commune to connect with each other and with the planet. And obviously we are all connected, you know, deeply connected to all living things on this earth, but to commune and to connect, to communicate, to live in community, you know, it's so crazy how we like call these little housing complexes, like communities. Yeah. We're all just like locked our doors. Like, we, we don't even know our neighbors really, you know? No. Yeah. <laughs> it's absolutely, 
So how do we get back to that, Sam? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Change everything that we're doing right now? <laughs> I'm trying to figure it out. I mean, for me, what it comes down to is, you know, I, I know that it's not really realistic to, like, we can't go back in we time. We, what does it we, look like forward? Yeah, we, so we have to go forward. And I think what that looks like, it might look differently for different people. I think some people, like I have some friends who... You know, they moved to um, Asheville and started their own farmstead. And, you know, so like their community is basically their family and they're raising animals and they're more intimately connected with their food source and like the seasons and all that. And I think that's positive in, in some way. And then, you know, some people are, you know, I, I just think that in the modern society, like the like communes don't really work for various yeah. reasons. Um, so I think that for me, like what I think about is, you know, well, how can I basically implant myself in a community where there's enough interest happening and I can connect with enough people where it does feel more communal, Mm -hmm. um, you know, because like, yeah, I have, I have varying interests. So I would like to be able to hang out with you know, some friends that are more physically inclined and then like some musician friends and, Mm -hmm. and ideally people who always know more than me. Like I want to surround myself with people who, you know, have more wisdom, more knowledge and they embody that and they live that, you know, that really inspires me. And if that's not present, then I would rather just spend time with myself and practice self inquiry because I don't know, one of my teachers said something pretty profound like you can, you can get to the one through the many, or you can go through the one and get to the many. So like you can go into yourself and understand the universe, or you can, you know, seek knowledge through the universe and eventually it leads back to yourself. And I think it goes both ways. It goes both, it goes both ways. And I think both are important to, to practice at least for me, but some people are going to be more inclined toward, you know, diving inside other people are gonna choose a modality to to go into which then leads them back into themselves whatever the modality is it'll eventually lead you back into yourself totally but something obvious like meditation is you know obviously just sitting with yourself and you know as long as it's not this like self-masturbatory you know, practices or whatever, (laughs) where you're just kind of imagining things and you know, that that's different. Like that's different. I'm, I'm just talking about just really, you know, a simple technique that just drops the mind, you know, and you just, you just sink down, you know? Um, and I think that, you know, if, if you, if you know where that, if you know what that process is, then anything can really become that. Like, like I was saying, you know, you can experience that while you're, you know, playing your hand pan or, you know, even strength training, like having like a really vigorous workout yelling and shit like that. You know, it just, there's, there's no off limits. I don't think there's any wrong way to do it, you know? So what, so yoga was your first experience of like a self inquiry practice though, right? Yeah. I mean, um, formally, formally, I would say, you know, um, it's funny cause, or it gave you the tools to then extrapolate that sort of system and put it in, put that same system onto other practices. I wouldn't say it necessarily like that just cause that sounds a little too utilitarian in terms okay. of language use. Um, cause that assumes that I have total control over that process and that I can just do with it what I want and that it kind of gives me an advantage over other people. Like I don't, I wouldn't say it like that. I would say that like once you have a knowledge of something, it's like it becomes who you are Mm. and then it, you just move through the world like that. You're not consciously trying to think about that. No. Like, so anything become, can become that has the potential to become that. Like theoretically you could go and have some drinks at the bar and, you know, be experiencing unity consciousness or something like that. I'm not necessarily <laughs> advocating for that. And that's like not something that I choose to do, but I'm yeah. saying that I think that's possible. And I think that, you know, it's common within the new age 
um, community to think, to like really separate like what we believe to be sacred and profane. Mm -hmm. And I think good teachers will really start to blur those lines of like, wait, what is it? Like you see the God in all things. Yeah. It's not clear, you know, but it's not just saying that because anyone can say that, you know, God is in everything. Like what, who's, who's to stop anyone from saying whatever and then claiming that they have that experience. Like, well, you only can saying you. it and, and, and the only one that's going to know is yourself. Exactly. So you could be, you could be deluded and that's always a possibility. I could be deluded. You have to, totally. yeah, you have to accept that from the beginning and just be like, yeah. you know, be, be skeptical, but at the same time, like don't lose your ability to like be in awe and to be innocent and just be taken by life. You know, like if, if you don't, if you don't go on a hike and get to the top and see a view and your breath isn't taken away, then you're, you're not like, you're not living, you're not experiencing that, you know, you should be, you should be enthralled by things, you know, and, and sometimes we need a little help in, in that direction. So like you, you can take on a practice that like helps you get in touch with your feeling and you're in your body. And so you can experience emotions and, you can experience like the visceral quality of what it means to be alive and just like the profound gift of that, you know, but we just get into this mode of practicality, like perforce because we have to make a living, et cetera, um, of, you know, streamlining our lives and like cutting out any unnecessary, like you don't want to linger too long and smell the roses because you have somewhere to be, you know, and that's unfortunate. But at the same time, we, we have to learn how to deal with that. We have to learn how to cope with that. And I think that's where practice quote unquote comes into play because it's basically just making the time to notice Mm -hmm. these things and to appreciate, um, the parts of life that can't be explained that there's like, there's no way to quantify. Um, and you know, it's just so easy to like get into this mode of like, well, you know, even with like entheogens, like, well, here's the science. And like, it's been proven that, you know, it's like, no, just like experience that for what it is, you know, like why, why do we need to talk about it all day? Yeah. And I mean, it's cool that people are researching it and like validating it through science, but we all know that like science is way behind and it's never going to catch up, you know, like, like entheogenic plants have been used for thousands and thousands of years and have been benefiting us as human beings. And it's like, it doesn't like, they're not all of a sudden valid because now we have the, uh, technology to like do scientific research and understand (laughs) the molecular structure of, you know, it makes and, <laughs> no sense. It makes no sense it's, whatsoever. It's just a very, um, yeah, like that you, sort of mindset to be able to like pick it apart and try to like understand it from a from a specialized perspective, like a science perspective, just completely just bastardizes the whole the whole thing. It's yeah. one thing to be able to be able to measure it. You know, one of my teachers said, you can measure your experience or you can be in it. Right. And you can't do both at the same time. Totally. And, and in reality, I think all of us want to just be in it. We, we don't really want to measure it. It's just that we think that measuring is what gets you to that point. Mm. And so even the idea of practice is kind of a fallacy because if you're practicing something and you're the doer, then you're still in that you're still in, you're still in duality and that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. I think that we should experience that. And there's a reason why, you know, like I'm me and you're you, you know, and we're separate in that way. Mm. But I think that, um, if you only live in that place, then you start to feel very isolated and unhappy because you're not connecting to the root of your experience. And the root of your experience is, is non-dual, you know, it, it, it's all encompassing. And, and there's certain things that can definitely help you gain contact with that area. 
And it's like I was saying, like once you have contact with that area, then you're never the same and it can start to bleed into the, into the duality, which is really interesting. And then the lines start to blur a little bit, you know? So you could be like doing something totally materialistic and then have a glimpse of non-duality inside that, you know? Um, and, and yeah, I think that that's like our birthright as human beings is to like live in duality, but like at, with a non-dual understanding, like in unity, Mm. you know, and that's, that's what we were saying in the beginning. So it's like being able to experience this full spectrum human experience and, and the, the full color spectrum and feeling and emotional spectrum of this human experience and not shut it off. But, but experiencing that in a place of understanding that we are all connected, right? Like it's like more of a holistic paradigm while being in this human, you know, individual self. Right. And fully embodying that, you know, like it, it, it's, it shouldn't be a goal to be like so blissed out of your mind that you can't like wake up and find the bathroom in the middle of the night, you know, <laughs> like anyone who claims to be in that level of exalted state, like you can have experiences like that mm. for sure. And those are valuable. And that's what gets you in touch with that area, which is like the root of you. But if you don't come out, you know, being functional and, and being able and just like being able to be more present and more available for life, then you're missing some point. You're missing some integrational process. And for me, that's why I love um, like physicality because I feel that, you know, as a, as a self-inquiry practice, like what's, what's better than, you know, experiencing the unified field of reality and then being in your body and having to like execute a specific task to make sure that you know and understand (laughs) what that means and that, and you know who you are and you can function in the world. Cause it, it shouldn't be an excuse. Like, Oh, I'm just beyond human experience. Like I can't deal with relationship. I can't, you know, and then you're just like still in that same boat. Like, yeah, you might, you might have some knowledge of, um, like the self or non-duality, but you're still kind of in this disconnected place with your body and physical reality, which is not unreal. Like that's real, you know, you're bypassing the, the human form or like, like taking care of the vehicle, the vessel that you're in. Right. Spiritual bypassing or whatever. I've heard that term. Yeah. I mean, I think that happens. I mean, that happens all the time, whether it's spirit, like spiritual is just another way to bypass. Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) People bypass all the time, but you know, and that's the practice is to get yourself into your body and connected with yourself so that you're not bypassing in any sort of way. Totally. And I, and in the beginning you said that you've started doing yoga again recently and it seems like you've kind of come full circle. I mean, I guess, like, yeah. It's like everything's right now, cyclical. It's like, it's like yeah. Everything's cyclical. Yeah. But maybe you could just like break down a little bit of like your process that you've gone through with yoga, with strength training, and then maybe now what your practice looks like now, perhaps. Sure. Um, yeah, I'll try to just kind of simplify and briefly go on for hours, <laughs> but yeah. So basically, um, I came to yoga, like looking to, to understand myself more deeply. And so from the beginning I had the intention of, you know, just really diving into myself and that's what I found. Um, and that's what really carried me forward through the practice. And I, you know, studied various forms of yoga, but all with that intention, you know, of like wanting to know myself, not, not to like get better at, at the physical practice necessarily. Mm -hmm. That was like a symptom, you know, that was a byproduct basically. Um, so yeah, for me, it's just 
very much a moving meditation, a way to dive deeply into myself. And then at a certain point, um, after sitting with another teacher, um, I realized that I had like through the process of practicing and studying, you know, traditional yoga kind of assumed a lot of dogmas along the way. And, and then I started to question those. And so it, it kind of, um, messed with my fervor a little bit in terms of just like my unbridled ambition to just do this thing, you know, and, and it's not that it wasn't benefiting me and that it didn't facilitate like tremendous growth, but it's just, I accumulated like to use your phrase, like barnacles along the way (laughs) that, that were limiting me a little bit, you know? Mm -hmm. And so my teacher kind of pointed those out gently. And, um, and so then I just started to question that and, and it just kind of grew like, you know, started as a seed and just grew to the point where I was really questioning um, a lot of these tradition traditional dogmas in yoga, like um, you know some of these things that i I wasn't seeing from the beginning, but like basically like the idea of original sin, like the body is inherently dirty, and you know we have this karma, and we need to do the practices to burn that off and you know, just these ideas that were just like under there that if you didn't look for them and you didn't know that they were there, you could start to assume and then have that idea of like, um, like almost wanting to self flagellate, you know, or whatever, you know, those monks who like hit themselves on the back (laughs) to like repent from their sins. So like the practice can almost become that even something as like beautiful and, you know, I think like Hinduism and, 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 um, like the Vedic tradition is definitely more, um, it has a language around enlightenment and like what that is. And so I think it's more evolved, but there still is like, there still are these dogmas in there. And so they all have the human filter. Yeah, exactly. And there's beauty, there's beauty in the practices and it's like, but at some point, the human at some point humans go to fuck it up or something well you know, or what what happened the ego just comes through well i feel like what it is is um it's like basically a club so like hinduism is a club and so when you become really steeped in that you want to spread that and you want people to join your club and that's like the name of the game even though like the intention of that is to like evolve, you know, but it's just that instead the, like the club, like joining the club and meeting all of the requirements of that club, which means that you have to assume that certain things are true. Otherwise you can't be in the club. Um, and you have to do these certain practices and stuff and then everything's all good and you can get along with everyone in that, in that circle because you're all doing that same thing and you all assume that something is true. Uh, but as soon as you start to question and like kind of see the cracks in, in those ideas and wait, this, is, this really isn't solid. Like maybe this is actually be starting to become another distraction. At one point, maybe it was like, you know, it was leading you away, but then it's like, you're just kind of moving from like one form of ignorance to another. And you just think, it's labeled as spiritual or whatever. Um, so anyway, so that, that process started to happen naturally for me. So I started to question a lot of things because through sitting with one of my other teachers, I started to experience very high states of consciousness that didn't have anything to do with me, um, practicing, you know, achieving it quote unquote through my efforts So I really started to question the validity of that approach. Like, am I the doer of my realization or is it happening to me? You know? Um, And at the same time, is that a cop out? You know? Um, Well, I can't do it. So might as well not do anything, you know? Yeah. Um, So it's like (laughs) everything's, it just became, I started to question everything. It's going a little crazy at this point, you know? (laughs) And split open. Yeah. And, um, and at the same time having tremendous spiritual experiences and just 
struggling to integrate them. How does this make sense? You know, like how can you come back from like, like experiencing total unity and then be like, you come back and you're like, wait, why am I I torturing myself on a regular basis? Yeah. Or like, yeah, why do I got to do this? Why do I have to eat any, like a certain way? Or why am I torturing myself on a regular basis in the name of like spiritual evolution? Basically, I just started to realize certain things. Um, but it's kind of like, you know, when I first was exposed to weed, it was tremendous. It expanded my consciousness so much. And then after a while, it started to suppress things and it became an unhealthy relationship. I don't think practice is necessarily any different. I think it takes maturity to approach it in, in a certain way. Um, so anyway, and, and then, so after having those experiences and starting to question things, I felt like I was actually starting to really feel for the first time my body and, and having the permission to express and feel these emotions, which move through the body and are intimately connected with the body. It's not like anything separate from the body. It's not like spiritual realization happens outside the body somewhere. It it happens through the body. We like perforce like experience is a human thing because it's, it happens through this vessel, through this nervous system. And it's the nervous system that like has to become like, you know, primed to, to that universal experience, which is all always already the case. It's not like we're conjuring something or achieving something that wasn't the case before. It's always there. It's just that we're, um, we have a hard time seeing that for some reason, or, um, you'll just notice that you have these subtle resistances. Like if you just like try to make a statement, like, um, like I am the universe, like you'll just, you'll notice that there are, there's all these subtle resistances because that's not actually your experience. You know, like if, if that's 100% your experience, then, then maybe you're quote unquote enlightened, you know? And, um, so anyway, I, I really started to feel my body and like, wow, I'm, really not taking care of myself. Like I wasn't eating a lot at the time. I was, you know, really in a place of austerity, you know, practicing, um, sometimes six hours a day or longer, um, meditation, you know, different cleansing practices, breathing practices, asana, you know, all that stuff, eating very light, vegan, um, you know, all of that. And, and so after these experiences and coming out of that and realizing that, like a certain level of quote unquote purity was not a precondition to realization, like spiritual realization. Then I started to question what the purpose of that is. Like what, why am I doing these practices and what is actually facilitating this process? Um, and is it just something that's actually just happening to me at this point? Like enough momentum has been built that it's just kind of ongoing. It's like, you know, it has this momentum and it's just kind of the cycle that's unfolding. Um, because like, if you look, if you use the example of like a flower, like is the flower like willing itself? Is it like assuming practices to like open? It's like, it, it's like, it feels the sun and it's like, it just opens and it happens in its own time. And like on the same plant, like some buds will open faster than others you know, Mm. it's just, it's an organic process. And so I started to view it more as that rather than a linear, just the way that the mind thinks, you know, as a measuring device, you know, here's the goal and here's the steps to get there. And like, I'm at this point, I'm at this phase, you know, and you're always thinking about that, you know, um, where I just, I really don't think it's linear like that. I think it, it's not. it just kind of unfolds organically. Um, so I was like, man, I'm really not taking care of myself. And um, I started to realize that like the physical practice of yoga, well, well, it could facilitate like deep self inquiry. And like it does in my experience, like 
Um, in yoga, they talk about the nadis or the energetic channels that run through the body. It does open those, like the different postures, that's what they do. And I've had like, like, I'm not saying that based on shit I've read, like shit that I've read, like confirmed experiences that I've had, like actual experiences. So I'm speaking from experience in terms of actually having the experience of these different postures or asanas actually opening these energetic channels through the body and allowing energy to flow and certain centers to open and to actually facilitate the process um, and like experiences, spiritual experiences. It's like, so the nadis would be considered sort of the nervous system the electrical system of the body. Yeah. And it's been proven by science that our body is like an antenna. Exactly. We are picking up electrical, whatever signals that are going around. You put yourself in different positions, your antenna is going to pick up different. 100%. Yeah. That's a perfect way to say. Um, and so anyway, I'm not denying that that's the case and that, that asanas aren't extremely powerful and that they Mm -hmm. can't be if they're practiced in the right way. Um, you know, not your typical vinyasa flow class, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> so anyway, um, but yeah, so I was like, I started to question the validity of the asana in terms of my actual physical health. Um, cause that's all I was really doing at the time besides some hiking. And, um, and I just noticed some certain things I was starting to feel kind of imbalanced, wasn't feeling the best in my body. So then I, you know, started to, explore strength training, um, via, you know, online coaching with, uh, several different teachers, you know, different movement teachers and, um, just experience like tremendous, um, uh, like improvement in a short period of time, just like all my aches and pains went away. I was feeling a lot more balanced. I put on like 20 pounds of muscle. It's just feeling really good. You know, I got down to like 165, which is really thin for me because I'm 6'6". You know, I was barely oh, eating any anything. And, you know, I, I just wasn't concerned. I was I was dissociating from my body, you know, in a lot of ways. I was favoring like non-duality as some experience outside of the human realm. You know, it's like, that's the goal up there, like living up there mm. instead of just like wanting to bring that down and integrate that, and live that and body that. Um, so, you know, I kind of went 180 degrees, the other direction, just like put on a lot of muscle, started eating meat again, just started feeling really good. <laughs> and, you know, just like, yeah, just feeling good, you know, feeling empowered, feeling like a man. And, um, just, yeah, just feeling, feeling pow- vital, feeling vital, feeling vital again. And, but then, you know, after a while, I, it just like that approach can become overly practical and overly mechanical, mm. um, at the same time, because it's all about like what's optimal and everything is measured. And there's definitely value in that, you know, there's value in like sets and reps and all these specific, um, you know, qualities within a practice. Um, but it just started leading me really away from having the capacity to just like be taken by something in the moment, you know, like to see a bird outside my window and just be like totally absorbed in that moment, you know? Um, so yeah, just within the last several months, I've just found that doing a short, um, you know, 15, 20 minute practice, like first thing in the morning, just really sets the tone for my day. Even if I'm, you know, training really hard that day, or I'm going to work, or I'm doing whatever, there's all these other things that jumble up throughout the day, um, that suck up my attention. If I just start the day like that, then it's kind of like you're oriented from that place from that place of self connected with yeah you and your truth yeah and it's not like a selfish thing it's like Mm -hmm. but you but you do make the time you carve out the time for yourself and but it's like a selfless thing like my 
one of my teachers taught me, and this is based off of the Bhagavad Gita, which is like one of the main Hindu texts. Um, but basically where Krishna is telling Arjuna, like, you know, um, you have to renounce the fruits of your actions. Like don't do things for personal gain. Like basically renounce like any gain and do it because it has to be done. And it's like, okay, well, what does that mean? You know, what does it mean? Does it has to be done? And you know, in the Bhagavad Gita, he's talking about, yeah, you have to kill your family members. It just has to be done. You know, it's your <laughs> dharma because you're a warrior. He's like, what? Well, I can't kill my cousins. You know, and and anyway, so that's a that's a whole nother thing. But so like really inspecting what that means. But I think that there's power, um, tremendous like value and power in setting the intention before you do something that like, I'm not doing this for personal gain. I'm not doing this to get better at something. I'm offering this like to something outside of myself. Um, and that's like, that's devotion. That's like a devotional process, which basically is, you know, because we are very like self-obsessed and at the same time, very, um, divorced from ourself in terms of how intimately we can feel and connect with ourselves. So at the same time, we're like, you know, wanting to look really good and like have money and have these things and stuff. And that's all like personal gain, mm-hmm. but we don't want to like get to know ourselves real deeply and feel those vulnerable things that like make us uncomfortable. And so like a, having a devotional practice where you're really offering what you do to something outside of you, whether that's, you know, someone you love or a teacher that you have or, you know, some, some idea like that can free you up from that self-consciousness, just create a little bit of space from that so that you can just, ah, just like breathe in that and just relax and just kind of just, you know, be in that process without thinking about it too much and not, not thinking about like, you know, well, am I doing better than yesterday or whatever, you know, like being concerned with, with progress. So I find that, um, starting my day like that and, and that's how I used to practice before, but I just practice to such an extreme that it created physical imbalances. Like I was never injured or anything or, um, you know, like I probably could have continued to do that for the rest of my life and been okay. But the point is, is that I just didn't feel the best. I didn't feel as yeah. vital as I could. So, but if I start my day like that now, just like 15, 20 minutes, some sun salutations and some postures held for a longer period of time where I'm just breathing and just feeling and relaxing and meditating. It's like relaxing my nervous system and just starting my day like that. It's just been really beneficial. So that's kind of I know I said I was going to keep it brief, but it's kind of a lot to cover. Um, I mean, there's so much more. Yeah, there's so much more. I'm really just kind of skimming the surface. But um, yeah, so that's kind of the full circle. You know, I'm just I've really diversified my life in a lot of ways. You know, I strength train, I go hiking, I practice yoga. You know, I do like gymnastics and weightlifting and hand balancing and, you know, a bit of everything, honestly. Um, and I find that in terms of my physical body, that feels best, like keeping it diverse. Um, but nothing like people will the body, crit- the body loves variety. It does. And yeah. Like we're not we, machines. We're not machines. And yeah. it's a funny thing that we call it repetitive stress injury. Right. You know, totally. Like it's like, cause if you do the same, whatever you, whatever you're doing, if you do it over and over and over again, you're going to develop an imbalance in some sort of way. Right. And it's like we're always striving towards some sort of equilibrium. And whatever practice we have, if we do it too much, too much of anything is not good. Totally. And yeah, I mean, people will critique yoga and say like, yeah, like yoga doesn't like make you a better mover or, you know, whatever. Um, But that's not the goal of yoga. That's not you the know? goal of yoga. It's not a, it's not meant to be a movement practice. No, it's meant to be a union practice. Yeah. It's a stillness a practice. It's a relaxation practice. It's a connection practice. It's, 
it's a devotional practice. It's something you do selflessly. It's not Mm -hmm. something that you do to achieve, you know, a certain pose so that you can get a certain amount of likes on Instagram, you know? It's <laughs> it, it's it's not like that. And it's so funny because I've done that, but that wasn't the root of my endeavors, you know? Like I've achieved amazing things that um have, you know, given me a lot of attention on social media, but that wasn't the reason. If that was the reason, it's just super shallow and I I couldn't yeah. continue to do it, you know? So um yeah, it's kind of just coming full circle again and just really appreciating just even that short period of time, just first thing in the morning to just like connect to myself and just relax and start the day like that. It's just really nice. I agree, brother. Really appreciate the that. Integrated so. way is the, is the way, you know? Yeah. The middle path. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What about, let's see, so, you know, I know you're into some musical endeavors as well. Yeah. What's that journey been like for you? Um, it's been interesting, man. Like, um, I've never... it's been a yoga itself. It has. I mean, if anything, I feel like that has facilitated just really uncovering some areas within myself that I'm was just very uncomfortable with, you know, in terms of like just having, yeah, having resistances to just fully expressing myself and just speaking my mind. But man, does it feel good to do that? (laughs) You know, there's probably no better feeling. There really isn't. And like, (laughs) you know, for people who don't know, like my main modality in terms of music is, is rapping. So it is like spoken word. It is like poetry. And so it's like, I can really express myself very specifically, you know, Mm. and that just comes very naturally to me. And, um, you know, I'm a mediocre musician at best. Um, and I kind of dabble in several different instruments, but, um, from the moment, like I learned to freestyle when I was uh, like 17 in high school, I just, the first time I heard someone freestyle, I was like, that's amazing. Cause that just seems like you're just, Free you have no, yeah, you have no inhibitions and you're just like speaking. You're just in a flow. You're completely tapped in, just letting it flow through you. You have yeah. no, no self-consciousness, just like no judgment coming through. Yeah. And I, and I was just like, I need to learn how to do that. So I just like, started practicing and hanging out with some people who did that. And, um, it just, I just fell in love with it and just did it for many years. You know, I'd like freestyle at parties or whatever. And like, you know, just kind of mess around and like made some music on my own. Um, but then just within the last year, um, I just, uh, met my producer now who, um, just kind of gave me the opportunity to really explore that in a real way and be able to make music and put it out there for other people to listen to. But at the end of the day, it's not even about that. It's like, it's music that I want to listen to and it's about expressing myself. And if I, if it's music I can fuck with, then like I accomplished my goal, you know, hundred percent. And that's what like art or expression is for. It's for you to express whatever is going on in your full spectrum human experience. Exactly. To get it out. Yeah. We need, we need, we need forms of expression, multiple physical, energetic, emotional. And like, that's what art is for. Totally. Different types of art. I 100% agree. And And it's been amazing too, because yeah, there's just something like about it that you just can't, you can't quantify. And it's like, I've surprised myself so many times with songs that I've written where, you know, I'm writing them and something will come up and just like, wow, yeah, that's some really deep, you know, self-consciousness or whatever, um, in there. (laughs) Um, so where can people find your music at if they want to tune into that? Um, so I'm on, um, I'm on all, 
or most uh, music platforms because I use a distributor app um, called DistroKid. Shout out to DistroKid. They're really dope. They make it really easy to like get your shit out there as a musician. Um, And so um, if you go to my Instagram, uh, Sam Samadhi, I have a link posted in my bio which is basically like a hyperlink. And when you click on it, um, it will list, you know, all the major music platforms and you can, uh, find my music on there. And, uh, I have, um, my first album out right now called forgotten wisdom. Um, and, uh, yeah, I'm in the process of creating some more music right now. So just kind of keep doing it and, you know, don't really care where it goes, but, um, but yeah, my artist name is Sam Samadhi, two words. Um, so yeah, you can I'll find my stuff. I'll link it in the show notes of this show as well too. But brother, it was such a pleasure dropping in with you. Likewise. Thank you for being the embodied, integrative, integrated human that you are. My pleasure. Sharing, sharing your wisdom and sharing your medicine. And with that, go check them out. We're out. <laughs>